Life Christian Centre is a church located in the city of Adelaide. It is made up of people from different backgrounds and walks of life who have been transformed through a relationship with Jesus Christ. For more information, visit us online at www.life-church.com.au Fantastic. Thank you. Hey, it's great to be here. Pastor Joe, thank you so much for the invitation to share this morning. Uh, always love coming here. It's a great, great church. Look how full this place is. And the early service. Awesome. Ten hours. My goodness, I didn't know it was going to be that long. <laughs> Tell you what, we'll do a preview this morning. We'll go for nine, okay? So that's good. I'm stealing myself to realise that I can't see any mouths. You've already gone there, but like I literally said to Michelle at home last night, I've got to remember not to feel weird when I got up here because I'm going to be staring at a, fa- a sea of faces that are not giving the normal feedback. So uh, it is so great to be Who would have thought we'd be in church looking like we're about to operate? <laughs> or whatever it is we're going to do. Rob a bank? It always, worked for the, it always worked for the cowboys. All they had to do was put their hanky around their face and no one had a clue who they were, even though they were their next door neighbour. So... We could get away with lots of stuff nowadays, but thank you so much for the chance to share with you. And I'm going to share one of my one of my passionate subjects, I suppose, is knowing God as Father. But let's just, before we do that, let's just pray. So, Father, we thank you so much that you are our Father. Thank you that you love us. Thank you that you care for us. Thank you that your heart is for or for us and Holy Spirit, I pray, come and show us the Father today. Come and lift us into the supernatural. Come and Give us a revelation of him in a deeper way today, we pray, and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Think about knowing God as Father. To open up the subject, I suppose, is uh, imagine you were Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, and uh, you were put in this perfect environment. It was paradise, and you could partake of everything that was there. It was all there for you, except... For one tree, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And God had said to you, you can enjoy everything, but you can't eat of this one tree. For the day you eat of it, you will die. We don't know how long they were there before this eventful day came, but they were tempted by the serpent and they did the one thing they weren't supposed to do. They ate of the tree. And then, to make things worse, they now hear the sound of the Father, God, walking in the garden. And it's even worse than that, because he's now calling out their names, Adam, Adam, where are you? How would you feel if you were them? Like, you've done the one thing you aren't supposed to do, And you've been warned that if you do, you're going to die. And now you hear him calling your voice. I wonder when you think about that story, how do you imagine? We have to do the imagining here because we read the story, we don't hear the story. How do you imagine the sound of the voice of the father in the garden calling your name? You ever thought about that? What tone of voice was he using on that day calling their name? And for many of us, 
we kind of feel it's an angry voice. It's like almost like God is like a prehistoric monster stomping through the garden, knocking over all these trees and calling out, Adam, Adam, where are you? Wait till I get my hands on you. I know what you've done. And now you're in big trouble. And we kind of shrink back and think, oh, I know I've done wrong. I've got to go and hide. Just like Adam and Eve did. But I want to suggest to you and hopefully prove to you today, that's a wrong interpretation of the sound of the voice. The voice is not the voice of an angry God who's disgusted and disappointed and angry with us. But rather, I believe it was the voice of a broken-hearted dad who knew his kids were in trouble and was coming to make it right. How you hear the voice makes so much difference to how you live your life. It's so, so foundational, so important to understand what that voice when he calls out your name, really is like. And sometimes we know that the wages of sin is death and we know that Jesus died in our place that we might be forgiven, but that's true. But we we can sometimes misunderstand what was going on because we can wrongly think that the Father was about to kill you and me and Jesus jumped in between him and us and said something like, Father, Father, don't kill them, kill me instead. And we kind of think the Father's saying, get out of the way, Jesus, you don't deserve it, they do, I'm just going to get them and he's kind of pleading on our behalf, no, 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 kill me instead. And we can have wrong theology that says Jesus saved us from an angry God. Thank God for Jesus, he saved me from him. Is sometimes how we feel, but I want to suggest you it's totally wrong. And how do we know that voice is a loving father and so on? Jesus told us about the father when he told us the prodigal son, the story of the prodigal son. We know the story. There was a man who had two sons. And one of the boys couldn't wait to get his inheritance, couldn't wait for dad to die. So he says, dad, give me the inheritance now. And I don't know, this dad, for some reason, cashes in a lot of what he's got and hands over the money to his son. And the boy goes off and being a young boy, wastes it all pretty quickly on loose living. And when another story goes on, he, he's now run out of money. His friends have all disappeared and he finds himself in really big trouble and he gets himself a job feeding pigs, which is not such a good job for a Jew, seeing they weren't allowed to have anything to do with pork, were they? And, he, and the, the wages he's getting for, for this job is not even enough for him to, to survive, really, so he's so hungry he wants to eat the pig food. And then it says the boy comes to his senses and realises my dad's servants back home are eating better than I am. They're living better than me. I don't deserve to go back home as a son. I've messed it up too badly for that. But just maybe, just maybe, 
I'll be able to go home and get a job like one of the servants and at least I'll be able to survive. And so the boy goes home and here's the fantastic part of the story. When the boy goes home, he doesn't get into trouble. In fact, the dad runs to him and embraces him and says things like, come on, we've got to have a party. His son of mine who was lost has now been found. Come on, let's kill the fatted calf. And we go, wow. And Jesus says, that's what our Father in heaven is like. We are the prodigal son. We have messed up. But as we come back to him, we don't get told off. Rather, we get loved and accepted and there's a party. Can I suggest that the boy on the way home had no idea what reception he was going to get? He really had no idea how much he'd hurt his dad. And he really had no idea how much his dad actually loved him. Had no idea whatsoever. He didn't get it. And can I suggest that sometimes as Christians, that's how we feel as well. I've got two fantastic kids. As they're growing up, especially in the teen years, you'd say, I love you. And they go, yeah. No, I really love you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know, I know, yeah, yeah. They just, I never got it, I had good parents, but I never got it either. I used to, my dad would have done anything for me, but I hardly ever asked him because I didn't want to bother him. I just didn't get it. I knew he loved me, but I didn't understand what it meant until I'm holding my own firstborn and second born in my hands in the hospital and I'm looking into those little eyes that really are not focusing on you at all and you know and I certainly probably never articulated as much or as well as I am today but I'm looking at them saying I love you I'm your dad and I love you and I'm going to give you a good life I'm going to protect you I'm going to be your best fan I'm here for you and they're just looking up going huh had no idea then had no idea I get it nowadays but Kind of, we hear that God loves us, we go, yeah, yeah, I know. There's another side to the story. We're like the prodigal son has come home hoping we won't get into trouble and dad's at home saying, oh, where are they? Where are they? I love them and we go, yeah, I know you love me, but I'm just not too sure. Ephesians 1 says it this way about God and his attitude to us. Ephesians 1, 18, a little advert for the intensives only sh- 10 short hours my goodness did I know it was 10 hours when I signed up for that it says I pray also that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened that in order that you may know the hope to which God has called you and you might know the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints notice in this translation and this is an accurate one It's actually not God's inheritance for the saints that Paul is wanting us to understand. He's wanting us to know God's inheritance in the saints. That verse is saying that we are God's inheritance. Now, you know, my dad passed away many, many years ago, but years before that he downsized from a large house to a retirement village. And in the process of downsizing, he came around one day with a bag... And inside the bag were some wire puzzles. 
Now, for all your older guys, you'll understand this, but you know, all the youth have no idea. These were games you played with no batteries or screens. And they were kind of bits of wire that were kind of enmeshed and it seemed impossible to get them apart. But if you worked on it and worked the system, you could get them apart. And, you know, then you could reverse the process. Sounds really boring, doesn't it? But I spent hours playing with the wire, the, the wire puzzles. They were great fun. And so Dad found them when he was down, uh, downsizing and he brings them saying, Greg, you know, I thought, you know, you might like these. And I've got his sort of sense of humour, I'm blaming him, but I looked him in the eye and said, gee, Dad, thanks for the inheritance. A bag of wire puzzles. I hope he got the joke. I'm not sure, thinking back. But see, when this verse says, Paul says, I'm praying that you might know what is the richest, blah, 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 and that you might know what is the richest of his glorious inheritance in the saints. We go, yeah, God gets me. What an inheritance. He got a white bag of wire puzzles. Something absolutely useless. But you know what? He didn't get a bag of wire puzzles. He got the most important person and thing in the world. We are God. Think about your own kids if you've got kids. Like my kids will inherit the vast Johnston Empire one day. All of it's going to be there. I made the mistake of letting them know it's already theirs now and some of my you know, camera lenses disappeared for several years. And you know, They'll get all our stuff, but this is what they don't get, is that compared to our love for them, we love our kids more than all our stuff. They get our stuff, but we get them. I'm getting some nods, parents. See, our kids are so much more valued to us than all that we've got multiplied a million times. We'd give away everything multiple times for them because they are our inheritance. And that's what Paul is saying here. I'm praying you get it. I'm praying you understand that you are God's inheritance. He thinks you're far more valuable than you and I can possibly imagine. That's what it's all about. How much does he love us? Let's jump to John 17 verse 23. Jesus is in the upper room here praying for us, the disciples. And he's praying to the Father. He's saying, Father, I in them and you in me, may they be brought to complete unity to let the world know that you've sent me and have loved them. And here's the bit I want to focus on. You've loved them as you have loved me. Think, well, what's the big deal in that? Well, let me rephrase that last statement there. Father, that the world might know that you've loved them, not as you've loved me, but in the same way that you've loved me. Think about that. And then we could rephrase it again, and this is in the New Living Translation, and it's an accurate translation. I'm praying the world might know that you've loved them as much as you have loved me. Do you realise this verse is telling us that God loves you and me as much as he loves Jesus? That almost sounds blasphemous, doesn't it? Like, hello. Because look, the Father and Jesus are like that. They go back a long way, don't they? Like, the, the, Jesus is the apple of the Father's eye. Like, you couldn't get closer. 
in terms of love between Jesus and the Father, my goodness. And this verse is saying that the Father loves you and me with the same love as much. It's hard to get our head around. Who are we? No, surely, surely not. But that's what it is saying. He loves us as that much. You know, having two kids, it took us, you probably know our journey, it took Michelle and I 11 years to have our first child. My goodness, that was a journey. So you can imagine we were doting parents. Finally got our first one. And it took us another five years to get the next one. We were slow learners, I think. And when Michelle was pregnant with our second one, she literally said, we love Nathan, our firstborn, with so much love. How are we going to get more love for the next one? You know, and and, and all all siblings think this happens. They they think when the second one comes home, you're going to walk in there and say, listen, look, there's got some good news and bad news. You've now got a new brother or sister, but the bad news is we've loved you with all our heart up until now, but guess what? We're going to share now. We're going to be fair. And so, look, from now on, this other one gets half. We're only going to love you half because we've got to share with them and love them. No, it doesn't work that way, does it? We love our first one with all our heart. Man, I couldn't love them anymore. We love our second one just the same. So you don't take your love and divide it. You love them both the same. So when God looks at Jesus and says, I love you with all my heart, And then he turns and looks at you and says, I love you with all my heart. It's the same love. It's it's not diminished at all. He loves you as much as he loves his beloved son with whom he is well pleased. That's the reality. But we look at ourselves and go, that can't be true. I'm just a bag of wire puzzles. No, no, no. You're far more valuable than that. He loves you with every ounce of his being. See, if I can love my kids and I'm a selfish, inconsistent person, if I can love them equally, how much more God, who's not selfish, who who just is love, how much more can he love us all, even on our bad days? Well, why is this important? Well, let's go back to the prodigal son. You know, in that story, there was a second brother, wasn't there? And he was a bit of a spoil sport. He kind of, you know, when the prodigal came back, the dad rushed out and greeted the boy and forgave him and had the party, but the other boy staying inside. He was kind of sulking because, hey, whose fatted calf was that anyway? Like, hello, this other brother didn't deserve all this. Like, he's run off and I've stayed home and I've been loyal and, oh, I'm not going to come out. I'm not happy. Well, we read that story and go, who cares? Who really cares about that brother? Yes, he did the right thing, but who cares that he's not happy? It's a happy ending story, isn't it? We go, yeah, what a great story. Well, what if we were to twist that story and talk about it in a non-biblical way? And in the non-biblical version, what if we were to say that when the prodigal came home, it was the brother who came out and greeted him and said, look, I've missed you. I love you. Come on, all's forgiven. Let's have a party. And what if in this non-biblical version, it was the dad who stayed inside and sulked? I don't know about you, but I kind of think that version's not happy. 
I kind of read that story that way and I go, oh, that's sad. And I know this is a challenging thought because some of us haven't had good dads and I'm not going there to, 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 to try and create any hurt or that because the good news is we've got a dad in heaven who loves us. But there's something inside of us, I think it's the way we're made, that in life it's not okay until it's okay with dad. Now again, I know for many of us it's not okay on, in, on the earthly level with dad, but the good news is, regardless of what it's been like with dad on earth, it's more than okay with dad in heaven. And if it's okay with dad in heaven, it's okay. When I start to get that, I feel like a little kid in the, in the schoolyard is being picked on and I, I can say, listen, don't pick on me because my dad is bigger than yours. Paul says that this one, Romans, if God, talking about the father, if God is for us, who can be against us? It makes me stand a bit taller. It makes me have a little bit more confidence. It makes me kind of go, you know what? It's going to be okay. It's going to be okay because he loves me and he cares for me and he's for me. Therefore, it gives me confidence to live a life knowing it's going to be okay. That's why it's so important to understand not just Jesus loves me, Jesus didn't save me from an angry father. No, Jesus came and fulfilled the will of a dad who loves me so much and has committed to me. In fact, I believe that God is more excited about you and me getting saved than we are. I believe the day we committed our life to Jesus, the Bible says that there was a party in heaven who was being led by the Father. He's more excited about you getting to heaven than you are about getting to heaven because he loves you and me more than we can imagine. I need to wind up, but 2 Corinthians 5, 19, this is the message of Christianity, that God the Father was reconciling the world to himself in Jesus. It was not Jesus' idea, it was the Father's idea. He's reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. And he's given us that message of reconciliation. Isn't that good? It's all about the Father who loves us, that he sent his son. It's all about God who wants a relationship with you so he can share his love with you. John 14, 6, Jesus said it this way, I'm the way, the truth and the life. He didn't say no one gets to heaven except through me. He says no one comes to the Father. So it's actually not just about getting to heaven, it's about coming back into relationship with Dad. We've been estranged from dad and because it's not okay with dad, it's not okay. But when we realise that dad sorted it out by sending Jesus, our older brother, to die for us, then we realise it's okay with dad and when we start to see that, then there might still be dramas in life, there might still be frustrations and disappointments and hurts, and but it's okay because I know the one who's in control, it's okay with him. That's the message of Christianity. And I, why don't we just bow our heads now in a moment, just to pray, to just open your heart up to him today. Let his love touch you today. If you're not sure of his love, just ask him to show you his love 
today and maybe you're here today and you've never had that relationship with the Father. Maybe you've you, you know, maybe you're new here or just have never really you know, understood this Christianity thing, but you're here today and you're going, wow, if God loves me that much, I want to know him and I want that barrier of sin that's between me and him to be dealt with. And I realise that Jesus died on the cross to pay that price that I might be reconciled to the Father. If that's you today, I'd love to lead you in a prayer to open up your heart to him and be reconciled and so I'm going to lead us all in a prayer and I'm going to encourage everybody to pray it out loud just for your sake so you don't feel by, by yourself. I encourage you to pray along with us here asking God to forgive you and come into your life. So let's just pray this prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, I open my life to you. I thank you that you love me and sent Jesus to die for me. I receive your forgiveness right now and I want to begin a relationship with you. Come into my life today and I thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's just keep our eyes shut and heads bowed just in a moment of prayer. If that's you today and you prayed that prayer for the very first time or maybe you've drifted from God and you realise, hey, I need to come home. If that's you, I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to call you out the front. I'm not going to do anything other than acknowledge you. And I'm going to ask you just to slip up your hand. That's all. Just to say, yeah, I prayed that prayer. and Because I, I want to pray with you. Who prayed that prayer for the very first time? Said, yeah, that's, that's me. Or, yes, thank you. Hand down here. You can put it down. Thank you. I'll see that one. Who else? It's important to do this because sometimes we do something, but we don't fully... You know, acknowledge that's that's what I want. Yes, on my left, thank you on the side, thank you. Who else? Says, Yes, that's me. I'm coming back to the Father. I was the prodigal, but I'm coming back and I know he's gonna embrace me and love me. Who else? Thank you, sir. Thank you. Anyone else? Don't want to prolong this because our time's slipping away, but this is an important time because this is where we determine in our hearts, yes. I'm coming home. Who else? Last time, just looking across. And I'm going to pray for you. Yes, right at the back. Thank you. I'm glad we waited for you right up there. Anyone else? Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Anyone else? Father, we thank you so much that you love us. And I pray for each of these people that raised their hands today, making a first time commitment to you or maybe a recommitment Lord I pray come and meet with them today let them know it's okay let them know how much you love them and care for them and you you've just got good plans for their lives come and break into their hearts let them know that all is forgiven and that they are totally and absolutely accepted by you oh Holy Spirit come and lift them into the Father's love today I pray and I thank you for that now in Jesus' name. Father, I pray for the rest of us maybe who might be struggling with understanding you, Father. I pray come and take your word and make it alive in our hearts today that we might know a little more just how much you love us. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much for the opportunity to share with you today. I'm going to spruik a book right now. 
And I never like it when a preacher does that. But the good news about this book, it's totally free. So I'm not selling you anything. In fact, I would be really awkward trying to sell you this book because this book is my heart and I don't want to sell my heart. But if we put the, the website up, it's a download book, it's an online book. And uh, if you just go to that website, gregjohnstonresources.com, you can download that absolutely free. It's a devotional book on this subject. And it's written for one key thought a day for 30 days or thereabouts with extra Bible readings to support what's in the text and so on. And just want to encourage you. I just want you to get it. And just if you've got the time, take a little bit of time every day, just building the foundation that God loves you. Come on a journey, please. If you like it, please feel free to pass that link on to others. Like there's no money involved here. Just, I just want people to get this because it's touched my heart so much. I would pray that it would bless you as well. So thank you so much, Pastor Joe. Let's all stand together. Amen. What a great word. Amen. And just powerful. So good to know who our Father is. I believe it's one of the great revelations that we can have in our hearts and lives to connect with our Father uh, who art in heaven. Come on, let's sing a chorus just before we, we, uh, we dismiss the congregation.